Now they've got another shorthanded rush. Stone is in, stops, he scores! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Over to the right side, sixth attacker is on. Carlson to the left, Petrangelo shoots wide, rebound, score! Chandler Stevenson ties the game. 4-4 with a minute 35 to play. Power play goal. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. I love watching the Detroit Red Wings in person, and it's a, a real thrill. I think back to all the names that have played for that organization over the years, and uh, the once a season that they roll into town and play the Vegas Golden Knights, we get to really engage in it. So this is a special night and an important night uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, trying to get back on the winning side of things. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace in Section 104 at T-Mobile Arena. Pre-game show coming up in one hour. We will discuss uh, several things around this game but first and foremost we've got some new lines from the last time that we saw the Golden Knights play and it looks like there's a, a leaning towards familiarity in this grouping that Bruce Cassidy is going to send out tonight. Yeah I mean you know we, we look at the combination of Jack Eichel, Chandler Stevenson and Phil Kessel we know that at various points throughout this this season Jack Eichel, Phil Kessel has been a combination that Bruce has utilized and, and wants to see. Same thing with Chandler Stevenson alongside Jack Eichel and Mark Stone. That was one of the better lines in hockey while they were all healthy and available for the Golden Knights. So you're hoping, I would imagine, that, that the chemistry we've seen at times with Chandler Stevenson and Jack Eichel and the chemistry we've seen Jack Eichel and Phil Kessel can bring you something in this game. Then you've got the Misfits. We know how good the Misfits can be when they're together especially in, in games where they're able to get some rush opportunities, which I believe they'll have tonight against Detroit. And then you've got Paul Cotter alongside Nick Waugh and Keegan Colasar. Now you've got Waugh and Colasar together. That's a, a combination that has worked at, at every stage for the Vegas Golden Knights. And then your third line, fourth line, whatever dis de determination you want to put on it uh, is going to be a combination of Jonas Ronberg, Byron Fraze, and Michael Amadio. So there's more familiarity up the lineup for the Golden Knights, um, and I think for Bruce Cassidy, you're just hoping that there's some combination of that that you can utilize in this game to score some goals. I want to I want to touch on Phil, but right now because the last conversation uh, topic that you were uh, discussing was that Cotter, Waugh, and Colasar line. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's strange. With Cotter on that line, mm -hmm. with Nick Waugh and Keegan Colasar, the first impression is it's a more offensive line. Mm -hmm. But it's not. No. Because William Carrier is not there, and Carrier has more points than Paul Cotter yep. by a couple. That's that's how great William Carrier has been. But we're used to Carrier playing in a different role in mm -hmm. the past, and uh, and his evolution is taking some time for all of us to, to get caught up on. But I just wanted to point that out, that uh, Carrier's absence from this team is missed significantly, but more so offensively mm -hmm. than at any other point during the course of his time in Vegas. And, and talk about the way he scores goals too, right? It, it's in front of the net. You, you look back to his game winner against the Florida Panthers, like you're not going to get – uh, many greasier goals than that one from Will Carey. He still doesn't know it went in. I, I, well, sure, but the fact of the matter is you need 
players that are going to play on the interior that are going to go hard to the front of the net. And Which is why Paul Cotter's there. And that's exactly why, because you've got a player that knows how to score, that's got hands around the net, and isn't afraid to go there, isn't, uh, isn't going to shy away from getting to the front and, and creating that contact. So as far as a proxy for what Will Carrier does right on that line alongside Nick Waugh and Keegan Colasar, I don't think you can ask for some, someone better than Paul Cotter. I think the Carrier-Waugh-Colasar unit mm-hmm. is one of the strongest bonds that Bruce Cassidy has yep. with this team. And I'll go as far as to say, as far as a total line, mm-hmm. it probably is. Yeah, his strongest bond that he has. So I think Carrier goes back there. But I'm really looking forward to seeing Cotter work with them. I think there's some opportunity here to do some real damage uh, with uh, with Paul Cotter and be able to show some of his, his more physical skills. Uh, he's going to have some help in tracking down pucks. Uh, he's not going to be the primary guy in that. Uh, I, I think that uh, as, as three guys, they all have the same sort of skill set. We've seen Colasar really grabbed the confidence baton mm-hmm. since that game in Colorado yeah. and is playing the best hockey of his season. Yeah. It, it's it's that elevated in all parts of his game. Oh, yeah. Like it, and it happened instantly. Uh, he's got a couple of fights in the last six games. He's scored some goals. It, it's all good. We know Nick Waugh is feeling better about his game and, and Paul Cotter. There's, there's some possibilities here, and I don't know how long uh, William Carrier is out, but this is a line that I'm legitimately excited to watch tonight. Uh, up front with Phil Kessel. Mm-hmm. How would you describe Kessel's year so far? And I'll, I'll give you some numbers. that uh, He's got seven, seven goals so far, 11 assists, 18 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, would you, how would you describe his first half season with Vegas? Uh, I would say up and down, maybe push-pull. There have been moments where I think Phil's looked really good and he's had some big-time games. And then there have been moments, obviously, where Phil has, has been quiet and, and more quiet than you'd like him to be. So um, inconsistent maybe is a better word, but uh, up and down would be the best way that I could describe it. I've mentioned on this show that Phil Kessel has the ability to go out and score three points, and you're like, Phil? Mm-hmm. Phil at three points? Yeah. Where, where it just doesn't jump off the page at you or the ice at you. So uh, the fact that he can go through games without being – front and center and noticed is not uh, a, a big surprise to me but when you look at the performances night to night and what you're reflecting on what you're talking about you're not talking about Phil Kessel as much as we probably wanted to be talking about Phil Kessel right uh, that's a fact he still has uh, a good shot if he gets hot because I don't think he's got hot at any point yet no if he gets on any type of roll hit 20 goals uh, in, the, in the back half of the season. It's right there. He's got seven goals. If he gets any, if Phil Kessel of his stature uh, gets on a heater, uh, 20 goals is, is easy. Uh, we haven't seen the heater yet, so mm-hmm. there there is that uh, uh, but, but, but uh, when it comes to, uh, to Phil Kessel. Wouldn't it be weird that in the midst of all these injuries and you're really putting them up there because – you're trying to find something. It's not your first choice or your second choice uh, that you're doing that. You put the misfits back together, uh, so you got to find a spot for Phil. Uh, we know Keegan and Nick work well together, and you don't want to put Phil on the uh, on that third, fourth line, mm-hmm. uh, with the Amadio line uh, right now. You, he's He's got enough skills and veteran presence with him that he should play somewhere else. So, so he, by lack of another spot, that's where Phil's going to go. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be wild if this is what 
ignites the fuse in, in Phil's hot streak? I mean, it would be great, I think, for the Golden Knights. It would be, you know, exactly what Bruce Cassidy would be looking for. And, you know, I think the way that Phil thinks the game and, you know, we talked a little bit yesterday about Jack Eichel and either speeding up the process or slowing down the game, whatever the case may be with Jack, Phil is a player that I think can read off of Jack when he is able to slow the game down and find those areas in the offensive zone where he can do some damage. So I, I'd love to say that this is a game where Jack Eichel and Phil Kessel can really take over. I'd love to say this is a game where those two guys find their chemistry and it works. They're going to have to have some runway with it, though. Well, here's, here's the uh, push or pull mm-hmm. part of it. We love the way Chandler Stevenson speeds up the game. Sure. He's on the, the left wing of that. He's not playing his natural center position. And we know that Jack has a tendency to really slow the game down. Mm-hmm. Phil is a slow the game down kind of guy. Control the puck, mm-hmm. work on top of the zone. Uh, Phil and Jack both love that uh, wander atop the uh, umbrella in, in the zone and be able to stick handle uh, an inch away from danger. And, and the puck being poked off your stick and the other team going away. But they're so good at it. They, they never – but you're watching going, oh. um, yeah, yeah. Uh, they both do love that, that play. So yeah. how, how does that mesh? Because Phil is a very different winger than Mark. Mm-hmm. Chandler and Jack have worked well together. We hope that Jack and Phil can work well together. I'm interested to see if all three – can find some magic well well because it it seems like right the 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 way that Chandler and Jack have worked together has been two guys operating at the same speed and using that mm-hmm. speed to their advantage and you can make rush chances and convert rush chances against Detroit absolutely so I think that those two together with with a a greater penchant in this game or, or at least a, a greater probability to have more rush chances I think it makes a lot of sense for Bruce Cassidy because you should be able to stretch the neutral zone against Detroit. You should be able to get uh, some odd man rushes out of it. And with Jack Eichel, when we've seen him on breakaways or two-on-ones, whatever the case may be, he's going to bury those. That's the skill set that he has. Now, with Phil, and again, it's, it's one of those things where maybe in zone, after the rush chances are there, if you've got Phil playing off of Jack or Jack playing off of Phil, maybe it leads to a couple of second opportunities that you can find inside the zone, which I think is a, is something Bruce Cassidy is looking for from his group too. Yeah, you've got two options. Mm-hmm. Chandler can work it off the rush. Yeah. And he's really good in zone too. Yeah. Uh, but Phil in zone. I just wonder if two of them start working together really well, yeah. does the other guy get get lost a little bit? And it could be... Jack and Phil yeah. with Chandler on the outside or Jack and Chandler going and Phil gets uh, left out on the outside. But but the the good part is either way the game's going, they should be able to, with, with the uh, different looks of that line and abilities of that line, multiple uh, layers of functionality, it, it should work one way or the other. And I guess the, the question is... I don't think it really matters if if you can find something that works, whether it's Phil and Jack, whether it's Jack and Chandler. I don't think it really matters to anybody what combination works, so long as you could utilize that combination to help you win a game. Because really the result at the end of the day for here for the Golden Knights is all that matters. And if Bruce Cassidy's got two-thirds of a line that works and you're willing to kind of move some things around, 
however it needs to be, as long as it helps you find. Two I points. would like to see Chandler going again. It's been a couple of quiet games. So that so, so I, that would be my preference. I know that that Phil can chip in uh, yeah. in and around, but for long term success, I would like to see Chandler and Jack really dial it in, and Phil compliments where if if I if I had my choice, sure, yeah. it, it, it uh, you're going to take success wherever it comes. Sure, yeah. but uh, I think with Chandler being on that line, uh, Chandler's with Jack first, and then. Phil, Phil comes in. How much runway do you think that line gets? Tonight? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, he he's got one of the quickest uh, triggers when it comes to shaking it up. Yeah, and I like it. it. Sometimes I I look at it and go, could we have waited to the second period? Mm-hmm. Could we have given this a, a little bit more? Yeah, sure. Because it's so uh, extreme compared to some of the coaches that, that I've watched uh, closely in the past. But what I like about it is it keeps everybody on that bench honest right away. Yeah. Now, there's, there's the other side where are they hesitant to make a mistake and get shuffled off. Right. Uh, I, th- I think we've seen players make a mistake and get moved around uh, where, where there wasn't uh, much runway. But uh, uh, the, the, that's the the – parental uh trap too uh, along the way how much how much rope do you give your your kids before before you you step in there uh he's quicker on it uh i think it's good that everybody's honest uh, about it the other part the misfits which i didn't get to Mm -hmm. i I think this is a game where they just the potential's there just to grab hold of it's their night it should be and should be and and that's that's really the the key for for jonathan marshall so william carlson and riley smith like this is a line that I feel like should feast on Detroit. Mm-hmm. And the, the question now becomes converting, right? It's, it, it, Bruce talked about it, execution. It, it, it's one of those things that's on the players. If, if you're going to have the misfits in situations where they're getting odd man rushes or two-on-ones, they're going to have to convert on those. And I think you get one to go in for Marcheseau or Smith or Carlson, it could be something that, that opens up the floodgates for that line uh, at, at, together. And that's what you need for the Golden Knights right now. And this is the first time that they played since Jonathan Marcheseau spoke to the team mm-hmm. in the minutes after the game against Detroit. Yeah, he got up, he addressed the guys in the room. Some of that was, "We need twenty guys going." Yeah, like it wasn't, uh, "You need to go, I need to go, you over there." Uh, it was, we need 20 guys, and it was from the heart. I was yeah. told it was from the heart. It was very emotional. I talked to Marcheseau about it today, uh, about what went into it. He said there's no plan. It just it felt right. There's, Mark Stone's not in the lineup. Uh, he thought with a lack of emotion the other day uh, in, in the rink and on the bench that something had to be said after being shut out for the first time, and he did so. So if, if you're looking for something, he spoke. Mm-hmm. Does he go out and lead by example? Here's Bruce Cassidy from this morning and is addressed to the media talking about, uh, among other things, details in the game, injuries. Does it come up too much compared to last year and the Detroit Red Wings? Uh, I don't know. I think every team goes through a certain stretches. It's, um, I think it can be helpful mentally you get away from the rink a little bit you're around your family or friends or what, whatever the case both um, sometimes being on the road for stretches is good for your focus you're, you're getting to know your teammates you're bonding so um, there's advantages to both um, 
I just think it's being prepared and ready to play when you're at home. Focus, you know, the task at hand when you walk through the doors at T-Mobile or, or here for that matter in practice. Uh, we've, we've allowed some rest uh, on this homestand. So that shouldn't be an issue fatigue right now. I think you're going through a, I will say this, this time of the year there's that mental push that you're out of the Christmas holidays, you're starting to see what your team really is, but you're still a ways away from the finish line. And you'll see a bit of that this time of the year where the teams that take care of the details, take care of the puck, play to their identity, they win a lot of games that way. Even though they might have guys that are injured or out, they're just game takes over. And that's what we got to get back to. Um, and now all of a sudden the trade deadline comes, guys get excited again, right? Because now they've got their team, um, especially if you're a good team, now you're thinking, okay, let's build our game the last little bit for the playoffs. So I do believe there's a challenge at this time of the year to go through some of that. And being on the road sometimes get, does get your focus, but it's not an excuse. We need to be ready to play. Um, and that's the only thing I can really think of this time of year where teams lose a bit of that and the good teams find a way to drill down. And that's, you know, my message to the group and we got to get back to drilling down and getting to work. Well, I mean, we, I thought we had a good practice Sunday and Monday's game. We didn't come out that way. We worked on some things. I thought the guys were diligent in that area. Um, had good work ethic, compete. It didn't translate to Monday's game. So yesterday, I thought, again, we, we got some work done that we wanted to. And guys, again, were, I think our practice habits, honestly, have been much better than they were at the start of the year. Um, it hasn't necessarily translated to the next day on the ice for whatever reason. So uh, that's the challenge again tonight so I don't see why we wouldn't be ready I really don't uh, unless guys are thinking too much about who's in the lineup who's not and in, you know the injury thing but I mean you got to control your own environment just be ready to go get yourself ready to play and uh, you know, let the rest take care of itself how much does last year come up like well, you guys bring it up a lot. I know that, so I have to answer those questions, right? So, and I, uh, I mean, I think it's now become a thing a little bit too much for me. It's and now you've got one of the uh, same guy again, so that becomes a story. So, you know, obviously, a very important player for us. Um, so, there's a little bit of that, and only the players can speak to that. I, I cannot answer for them. I was not. I wasn't here. I didn't go through what they went through. We had our own trials and tribulations where I was in Boston. So. Um, I hope that we're able to park that. I'm, you know, we're trying hard to focus on the 20 guys that are in the lineup, what we need, what we need to prepare to win. I, I think what happens when you get some injuries is you still can play hard. You just, you're probably losing a few more close games that those difference makers are out of the lineup that, that cost you. And that's where I want to get back to. Let's play hard, leave it out there, get to your A and B games and B plus games maybe when you're missing guys. And if it's not good enough some nights because the other team has you know better, then that's okay. I mean, it's it's a long season, but it's the way you're playing the process that has, has bothered me recently. Well, coaches, I don't think we have too much downtime, to be honest with you, unless you're like way up here or you've been told, hey, this is the process we're rebuilding and just every day is work on that, you know. So I'm sure I'll be thinking of line combinations. I'm sure I'll be looking at the schedule for February, which is light for us. Uh, I usually try to think of that anyway, where you need to be to stay, I think, 
I've always approached it in, you know, day to day and then, okay, the week and then, you know, for the goaltending, you know, um, rotation, the month about points about, you know, okay, if we're not here by this time, you know, how does that affect practice? So I, I go through a mental plan like that for the month, every month uh, to try to make sure you're getting points every month. I think the teams that can avoid those less than 500 months, they, they tend to not have to make up a lot of ground later. So there's always, okay, the, how is that going to affect my usage if we're hovering around 500 in the last three games, we've got to win two out, you know, you know what I mean? That's just some of the things that go through my head. Um, but I think there will be a few days, obviously, when you're with your family, you're not thinking too much about it. you got to take some time off. I think you drive yourself bananas if not. They were good against Arizona the other night in the first sort of, I'd say, 40 minutes. They, they were the better team. I watched the game. We got Arizona coming up Sunday. Uh, they had trouble scoring on Ingram, but they generated much more. Third period, you know, they allowed some rush chances. It, uh, Arizona got a few looks and capitalized, so then you can see the, the game swing a little bit. But, um, listen, they're a team that's still trying to find their way right now. Uh, they, they had a good start to the year, uh, gave back some ground, um, now on their road trip, or, or I think are fighting to find their game. Um, but honestly, I mean, I've said this before, we got to find ours, right, no matter who the opposition is. I mean, I look at our last few games, I thought Dallas Robertson, who's a really good player, and Pavelski is a line. They, didn't, they weren't the guys that beat us that night, per se. They were fine for them. McDavid had a good game against us. He wasn't dominating, go out and score it. So for us, we've, I think we have focused on the, the danger from the other team. Uh, in general, but we've got to, you know, get our 60-minute game together. So we'll talk about Larkin, Bertuzzi's back in. Um, you know, Perron can score. Uh, Fabry's actually come back from a serious injury and he's playing well. So we'll talk about players that uh, impact their game that make them better. But at the end of the day, I, th I really think this is, a, and, and will continue to be about us until we get to where we want to be. Sometimes I think coaches try to tell you that it's all about their own team. Mm -hmm just as a way to get around talking about the other team mm -hmm. because they don't want to discuss everything and the dangers and uh, basically a scouting report around the other team. Uh, with Bruce Cassidy, I think it's very honest right now that they are focused on what they're doing and how they play, and we're back to the use of that word, the process. Mm -hmm. And the process has to get better for the wins to follow that foundation has to be there in order to lean on it and be comfortable when the game starts to tilt the other way yeah i i think that bruce is leaning right into it, it, it it's about the golden knights figuring out their own house right you got to get your house in order before you really start to hammer in or, or focus too much on on what other people are doing or what other teams are, are doing or able to do if the golden knights play to what Bruce Cassidy wants them to play in, in their own zone, limiting chances, taking the rush opportunities when they're there, creating offense, going to the front of the net, being hard to play against uh, in the offensive zone. If Bruce Cassidy gets those the, his players to buy into that it, blueprint, if the blueprint's followed, you should be in games. And I think for the Golden Knights, it's, it's about putting all of those pieces together. Uh, you know, Bruce mentioned that uh, it, it's not like the Pavelskis and the Robertsons or the McDavid's were the reason that the Golden Knights lost those games against Edmonton and Dallas. So you've you've got some boxes ticked in terms of your defending, 
but now it's adding the offensive layer and, and getting to the front of the net and being hard to play against in the offensive zone. That's really where I think the Golden Knights have to center their focus. In a lot of ways, they delivered on the game plan. That adage, okay, let's make somebody else beat us. Mm-hmm. Well, against Edmonton, it was dry sidle. Well, because they've got 1A and, and 1B uh, with, with that team. But in, in against Dallas, it was Jamie Benn, mm-hmm. a good player. He scored the, the, the big goal that, that put them on, on top. So uh, that, that's positive in the sense that you're holding the other guys. You're delivering on a part of the, the, the game plan. I think defensively, really what they've done uh, recently has been incredibly overshadowed mm-hmm. by the lack of scoring. Yeah. Defensively, I think they've been right on point. And, and there's been bits and pieces why they've given up some goals. But as a whole... I've been really impressed uh, with this. Uh, and we'll, we'll see who takes charge tonight. This is a take charge type of night. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean that uh, that automatically becomes the best player. It could be Paul Cotter going out there as a rookie. It could be Amadio uh, stepping up on that, that fourth line. I really do expect something significant from the misfits. Yeah, that that that's what I'm looking for. Oh, and we did a follow up today. Uh, we got it on the television <laughs> tonight on the uh, on Prank Gate. Yep. Need to be downplaying this a little bit. You think so? Yeah. I guess that's your opinion. Yeah, I, I questioned uh, <laughs> Riley Smith. So, so I'll just set this up again. We talked to Paul. Yeah. About Prank Gate, yeah. how somebody pranked him yesterday mm-hmm. in in multiple levels. His workout shoes with shampoo in them, uh, baby powder in his laundry bag mm-hmm. and then shoes that disappeared and then were returned a month later without any soles. Yep. Paul was convinced mm-hmm. that it was Riley Smith. Yep. Convinced RS. That, uh, that RS did it. So Ashley and I, being investigative reporters yep. that we are, yep. I may not be breaking trades anymore, No. but I can follow up a lead and big get stuff. right in there yep. with AT&T Sportsnet's investigative team. Mm-hmm. So Ashley and I went straight. We, we aren't intimidated. No. Nope. We are not going to shy away from something like this. If Mm-mm. we've got the hint of a, a big story like this or who's pranking Paul Cotter. Mm-hmm. So we went to Riley, asked him a couple of questions. He was rather coy, so I, I tossed this at him. You seem to be downplaying this a little bit. You think so? Yeah. I guess that's your opinion. I thought he was downplaying it. Yeah. And he offered yep. me, that's your opinion. Ooh. And he walked away. And and Riley and I, we've got a good relationship. We've uh, had ice cream, secret I, creamery. I think he thinks we've done the scoop together. I think he thinks you're still an insider. Doesn't want to give you anything. Yeah. He he wasn't breaking down. Nope. From and and I you I you were in there with the tough I question. was in there. Yeah. I, it, this wasn't yep. a who picks the song after the game type right, thing, right? And then walk away. Listen, like I was right. I, I, on let me it. let me let me just let me just paint the scene though. We are no closer to getting confirmation on Riley Smith being the guy as we are nope. figuring out why Abba's uh, dancing queen. You're, is you're, the, you're is the absolutely song. right. So and you and Chapman, you're on equal well, footing well, right here's here. The, here's the thing about Darren and, and, and Ashley. I watched the clip, and let, let's be realistic. Ashley did all of the questioning. Oh, that was planned. You yeah. you just you just buddy. followed up good, with good cop, bad cop, yes. buddy. Yeah, Thank, well. you, <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. That I, that was like you think the two detectives walk into the I, interrogation room I and they don't have a plan. Was, that was you riding Ashley's coattails, is what no, that was. Uh, yes, we were planning on doing it, but it was good cop, bad cop. All mm-hmm. of Ashley's questions yep. 
we're we're straightforward about the the situation. And then I came I, in and I, tried to try no, to ruffle I, some feathers. I, I, I just a, think this hey. is I just think this is you trying to take credit for Ashley's. No, 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 we're no. A, we're a team. I, I mean, Chapman, how many times have I mentioned that Ashley and I were hot in the uh, the lead here? We're this is a team effort. I, I will say this: um, you're jumping in. When it was clear Riley wasn't going to give anything up, yeah. that that takes guts. Good job, buddy. You think so? Yeah. I guess that's your opinion. <laughs> that is <laughs> awesome. Sculpted body. <laughs> that is awesome, isn't it? That's really good. And, and Ashley uh, kind of looked at each other and went, "Is he mad at us?" Yeah. Well, it kind of works for the bit. Sure, it does. Yeah. So uh, maybe maybe it spurs people on. But you're right about the pranking. Mm-hmm. No. I, I'm not ready to declare RS as the prankster. Right, right. I, I mean, I'll be honest. I think it's multiple pl- pranksters. I really do. I, I think that there's, uh, there's a conglomerate of prankers, uh, specifically when it comes to Paul Cotter. Okay. So. Well, there was a follow up to this today. Mm. Okay. I'll tell you about it next in one timers. But the pranking went to a whole new level. Yeah. Have you seen some of this? I think so. All right. It, it went above and beyond just Paul Cotter and Riley Smith. And I'll tell you all about it next. One-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. All right, big one happening tonight. Uh, big news coming out of this evening is the 12 remaining players for the All-Star Game will be announced this evening during an ESPN telecast. We'll tell you all about it on uh, AT&T Sportsnet, and uh, Ryan will make sure that you're informed of it on Fox Sports Las Vegas. But uh, the remaining 12 remaining players will be announced this evening, so we'll know whether the stuffing of the ballots worked. Yep. Chapman. Well, Chapman you're, and I were outstanding on your, it. You were lackluster. Your uh, your initiative. We find out if it was uh, if it was successful, buddy. Yeah, I hope so. I ho- I hope uh, Chandler gets to go. He deserves it, for sure. He does uh, deserve it. Just for the fastest skater, we are going to watch Dylan Larkin play tonight. Mm-hmm. He won the fastest skater. Yep. D boss. D boss. The All Star Game in Columbus or Nashville? I can't remember which one uh, it was. But he was there. He and I had a big, long talk about it in the summer uh, oh, yeah. on the on the Chirp podcast. And he got a, a running start on it, a moving start on mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And that was the officials that gave him that advice that he could do it. And he broke Mike Gartner's record. Yeah. Mike was not happy. sent me a text right away saying, he got a running start. <laughs> that shouldn't be it. And it actually turned into a thing. Really? It turned into oh. a thing about it. But, uh, but, but the, the standard is now that you start from a fixed position mm-hmm. and you go around. But the speed in this game, we know Detroit can give up some rush chances, but they can counter with speed as well. Tyler Bertuzzi in the lineup. Yep. Dylan Larkin has played five playoff games in the course of his career in six-plus seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like he's kind of been, not wasted, but he's been going through this rebuild. They're coming out on the other end of it. I hope that he is still right there when they when they start to be competitive. I'm, I'm right there with you. I think uh, I think the world of Dylan Larkin, I, I love the way that he plays the game. I love the speed. I, I love the skill. Um, and 
you know, for him, it would be really nice if when Detroit is good and back in the playoffs, Dylan Larkin is a big piece of it. So what do you think about when you hear Dylan Larkin? I mean, I, I think about his, I think about the speed. I speed. think about his individual speed. His speed and skill yeah. is what, what comes to mind. Yeah. But he's a, he's a bit of an old school guy. Because when he skates in the summer, summer he skates with all these, uh, like Zegris and all these guys, and one of the best summer skates in the league yeah. in, in Michigan. And he's always on the guys because they have these scrimmages for, for certain things, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's laps or whatever, and they, they play for things. And he's always like, can, can we just, like, shoot the puck once without doing <laughs> three 360s or a spinorama or between the legs? Uh, can we just shoot the puck normally uh-huh. uh, for once? So uh, that's another reason why I like uh, Dylan. Ryan Miller had his number 30 mm-hmm. hoisted to the rafters at Key Bank Arena in Buffalo tonight. Yep. Uh, he's one of the, the best goaltenders in Buffalo Sabres history, and that's an organization that had a pretty good one in Dominic Hasek. So yep. that, that's pretty cool for Ryan Miller. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I think the Buffalo Sabres do it right, where their ceremony takes place 30 minutes before puck drop instead of, trying to cram it all in and pushing, delaying puck drop back. Um, but, yeah, Ryan Miller uh, is synonymous to me with the the Buffalo Sabres and, and played on some really good Sabres teams. Um, I, I think the world of him, too, and it was good for him to be able to go back to Buffalo and, and be honored that way. First in Buffalo Sabre history in wins, games played, saves, and wins in a season. What's the look that you that – you, that you look at and say, okay, that's what I remember Ryan Miller. Is it the black and the red? Is it the blue and gold? What, what's, what is synonymous with Ryan Miller? Well, if you're talking uniform, I would go the uh, the blue yeah. and the gold. But the first thing that comes to mind when I think about Ryan Miller is walking into the dressing room and seeing pads completely torn apart and the stuffing taken out of it, and he's examining all of his equipment and how <laughs> it goes together and what the material is. Like he was a gear geek, mm-hmm. uh, right up there with the Ed Belfors. And then they would stitch it back all together, and and he would give the equipment manufacturer the details on what he needed. But he would take his pads and his gloves completely apart, and then have everybody put it back together. That's amazing. That that's what I think about. When it comes to Ryan Miller, and a low-key guy, yeah. But boy, did he have some passion when he when he would get uh, get going. Yeah, I, I I view Ryan Miller in the black and the red and the silver for the Buffalo Sabers, but just a heck of a goalie. See, uh, Paul Maurice was fined twenty five k. I did for comments about officiating. Yeah, we're going to talk about it on Lawless Order I'm, this I'm evening. Offended by it? <laughs> Probably. I don't. I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with coaches commenting on officials like i don't think he said anything like super egregious either but there's like what what mike sullivan did in game yesterday uh-huh. was far worse than anything he could have said after the game as they were penalized i think they picked up 232 minors yesterday during that game yeah. against the, the ottawa senators yeah. it was it was crazy mm-hmm. uh, how many times they were shorthanded against the Senators. Yeah, I I think that there's a degree of being able to speak about what you think happened in a game. And I, again, I don't think there was anything super egregious in what Paul Maurice said. So um, I I don't think that coaches should be fined every single time they talk about the, the official. I think it has to be really bad to get fined. But I, I, again, I don't think that there was anything that was super bad in what Maurice said. 
Uh, so we had uh, we had an issue today in the dressing room. And this goes back to the investigation mm-hmm. that Ashley Vice and I carried out, uh, trying to find the perpetrator of the prank. Yes, played on Paul Cotter. There's a lot of peas in there. Alliteration, baby. When we were in the midst of talking to Riley, I turned around and Jack was coming off the ice, mm-hmm. and I went over to, to ask him a question. And beside Jack sits Phil Kessel. Yep. Phil Phil is like one of the first guys off, and he's gone. Yep. Uh, but it wasn't Phil Kessel's locker. Mm-hmm. The nameplate yep. beside Jack's locker had Lawless on it. Mm-hmm. I was later informed this was in reaction to Gary spending a lot of time yesterday talking to Jack, sitting down with Jack, and people thought that it was actually had turned into Jack being locker partners with Lawless yeah. instead of Phil Kessel. Now, I asked Jack about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we have that sound here, but uh, I'll paraphrase. And I just said, we, you're very gracious with your time. Uh, we do appreciate it. But apparently somebody's been hanging around here a little too much. Look at your locker partner. He mm-hmm. looked up and he said, Phil's not going to be happy about that. We're like, no, no. He's, this is not comparison here. It's it's all about Lawless spending too much time at your locker room. He did not deny that. Yeah. So Lawless, Lawless and I, we're going to carry this a step further yeah. in the next couple of days to see whether or not there should be a time limit around player locker rooms. And that will have a direct impact on Chris Chapman. Yeah, that's fair. Um, you don't know who started this prank. No, it, was, it wasn't me, though. <laughs> Lawless thought it was me. <laughs> yeah. Now, I jumped on it. Sure. Like, like you I, saw it, you're all, you're all in. There, yeah. there was yeah. nobody more excited about this. But then I went up to my desk. Yeah. And on my nameplate uh-huh. was tape over top and... Kessel was written on it. Huh. So somebody's having some fun around the office. Oh, boy. With pranks. Oh, boy. I sit beside Ashley. Do you think it could be Ashley no. behind the scenes stirring this whole thing up? Because it's a lot of times it's the person you least expect. That's why I said Alec Martinez the other day. Uh, no, I, I Alec feel... Alec Martinez has no idea where I no, sit. No, 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 no. I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that I, I think I don't know who's it. I don't know who's doing this. But I think somebody's got it in for you. And the so fact start that, there. The fact that you mentioned Ashley first when saying it's the person you least expect makes me think that that's the person you actually most expect. Would you expect Ashley? No. no. I would. I would, actually. Because no, I, you, I, you are I, totally making that Yeah, up. that's no, ridiculous. I, Listen, no, I think that he likes ridiculous. to have fun. Just I, exactly think about, can, hold on. Say that again. I, I no, no, not you. Not you. I'm looking at uh, Wallace. Okay. Say that again. Say what again? What you think of that uh, commentary? No, it's ridiculous. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Why? Why? Why is it ridiculous? Because what? Why? No why one. Would, no wh- one's going to sit here and expect Ashley. Why would it not be her? Because be, because I don't think Ashley would do that. I don't. You, I, I don't expect that from Ashley. No, we, I don't either. We but all. We all know the people. The fact who, that who work the, with Darren. Who the, Who would it most likely be then? Ninety. Now he doesn't like you. Right, the, exactly. Chapman. Did you miss the part where yeah. there was something on Darren's yeah, nameplate too? If you're going to prank someone, generally you prank someone you like. No, oh, no, 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 no. Pranks, yeah. pranks yeah. sometimes can have a message. No, like, he, I, I, he I would think, just beat you up. No, I mean they're, they're, there's there's pranks that have a message, and then there's pranks that are fun. Like players who are usually running late, you cut their laces, and then they have to relace their <laughs> skates. That's a message. So this this could be either way with Shane. No, I, I, I don't think. Nah, I don't think he likes you enough to go that far. You don't think he could be bothered? 
No, I think he's okay. he's he's too cool to, well, to, to, to mess with you. I'm going to talk to Gary about it. We're going to try and find out who pranked him and who pranked me. And we'll get. Oh, and Gary and uh, Gosher were on the chirp this week. Yeah. Bill Waltonish is the phrase that it was used. It got a little bizarre at times. That's a must listen for bizarre. sure. <laughs> if you if you were if you had a a bobblehead made of you, mm-hmm. what's the one attribute feature that you would have to be on and make sure they got right? That's a question I asked them. For, oh wow! For Ryan, it'd have to be the flannel. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No. Flannel's easy. Yeah. Like uh, bobblehead, I mean, probably the head. It's got to be the glasses for oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those are your one timers for this Thursday, January on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for catching up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So we lost another rock legend today. Last week we we lost Jeff Beck. Today, David Crosby passes away, and, and Crosby and Beck have something in common that, that they uh, played in. They were successful in multiple bands. Jeff Beck, of course, in the Yardbirds and the Jeff Beck group. Uh, David Crosby, of course, the, the Birds and Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Uh, but, you know, it got me thinking about guys who were in multiple bands and found a lot of success. Like the Yardbirds, they had Eric Clapton, Jeff Beck, in the same band, Jimmy Page as well, and of course Jimmy Page goes on to be in Led Zeppelin, legendary rock band. Dave Grohl was in Nirvana, and then of course the Foo Fighters. So it's like you've got to be a pretty incredible musician to be able to to be successful in multiple bands. Uh, just just kind of cool. I, I I was thinking about that today when I saw the news about David Crosby, and you know, obviously a, a guy who who did a lot. Um, away from music as well. Very charitable guy, but... Uh, they were both involved in bands with the bird name? Yeah, isn't Yardbirds that... that and the, birds? Yeah, the birds and then the uh, Yardbirds. I never made that connection. Well, uh, imagine getting cut from one of those bands, like uh, trying out and getting cut. <laughs> well, it's that, like the, that, that would be a badge of honor. It's like the commercial on television where, where you show up for the yep. guitar the guitar tryouts and slashes there, and you're like, all right, I'm just going to go home. Yeah, it's all good. It's great. Been cut by worse than that. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Do you do you put Dave Mustaine there, Chapman? Yeah, I mean Metallica and Megadeth. He 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 probably fits the bill. I actually sat next to him at a Coyotes game once. Oh, did you? Yeah. Say hello. Not really. Oh, you didn't? No. Okay, Why when not? you say sat beside him, like like a few seats over, like a section over. No, no, like, like same section, like same, literally same row, same section, like two or three seats. And you didn't say hi. I'm not going to bother the guy. He was he was into the game. You bother everybody. No, I only bother you. Intentionally. Pre-game show is coming up. Detroit, Vegas. Fox Sports, Las Vegas.